Are they going to blow him? Money's not going to blow the guy away. He's a billionaire. Yeah, so that's, we, the, uh, that's the, here, you st- we, it took us 10 minutes, but we stumbled upon it. What could they have possibly said to him or, or offered him financially where he was going to be like, you're right, I can't get on that plane. His dad could buy the plane and fly him down there himself. His dad could buy the team. Right. It's, it's like two or three of them. It's more about, well, I think that's why, I think Rappaport is telling the truth there. I think, I think Rappaport, in explaining why Smith was so quick to take the Steelers' offer and not go meet with another team, that explains why Smith would want to get the deal done. That doesn't explain why the Steelers would bypass interviewing other candidates to just pick him. Oh, I think it, it explains why they would want to have this happen this way. They interviewed two other candidates. They said they could have at least looked at some guys from the McVay tree, and then they just settle right back on the guy who challenges them the least in terms of like doing things differently than they have historically done them. Arthur Smith was the most, in terms of continuity of system and, and philosophy, I think the most, you know, continuous candidate they could have gotten. The hope is just he's a lot better than Matt Canada. But he's not going to – the guy is not going to reinvent the wheel here. Chris, my point is you can afford to leave him in the lurch because you have, for him, a more exciting job offer than it probably right. is for working, other candidates. Yes, working It's working with Tomlin. Yes. yes so, hey, Arthur – you knocked it out of the park. Thanks for meeting with us the last two days. But we want to talk to a couple other guys. It would be like in a relationship. You're his priority. He can be your option. You can wait. And, okay, if Arthur Smith doesn't like that. But wait, okay. It, it, does what he, are you going to do? Do, do? Take the Tampa job? Does he really want to work with Todd Bowles that, or work for Todd Bowles that badly? He might want to work with Baker Mayfield more. He's not even under contract right now. They can franchise tag him. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, there's still things that need to be done. Sure, to... but who would – I mean, yeah, just playing devil's advocate. If Arthur Smith – I guess it's crazy to me that he wants to work with Mike this badly because, as Rap Sheet puts it, he wants to be a head coach again. He wants to basically do the uh, Nick Saban car wash for head coaches, go down to Alabama, coach a position or do something, and then you're an NFL head coach the Dable route. Someone might want to tell Arthur Smith just exactly how many of Mike Tomlin's assistant coaches and coordinators are getting head coaching interviews. Zero is the answer. So Arthur, no Arthur Smith, are you going to you so going to buck right. the trend here? So coming here because you think you're a head coach in you waiting or You think this is the training. fast track to career rehab and head coach offers again. Well, the other thing that that pops into my mind as you say that is I know what Tomlin said now about not wanting a break. But do you think that just some of the scuttlebutt that was out there for the last month, what was really being said behind closed doors in the coaching community, Smith might think, huh, he's been here for almost 20 years. I think if Smith, though. Maybe, I'll, maybe it's a, I'll, I'll get, they love to promote from within. I think if Mike retires in the next three years or steps away, they'll just make me the head coach. I think the problem I have with that is the implication would have to be he would have done a really good job for him to be a viable candidate there. If he does a really good job, they probably win bigger than people like I am thinking they will with him, and their offense is better than. If they're that good, why would Mike want to step away then? He would have been vindicated in a lot of ways. But even then, like let's say it plays out like the last time they won a, like, like Super Bowl forty, they win another one, Mike coaches for another year and then leaves. If Arthur Smith has done his history on the Steelers, they didn't. They didn't promote for their next head coach, and they had head coaches, or at least one head coach. In waiting, people thought. Yeah. People thought it was Russ Grimm's job. 
So I wouldn't look at it like we I don't even know if he's looking at it that way. I just threw that out there as a as a possibility. The other thing that I've heard whispers about, and I want to know if you guys agree with this. Do you think one of the reasons why they interviewed formally so few people is because they got a lot of no's? Did I not say that earlier this week, Donnie? Okay, so you No, 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 I'm asking you seriously. You did, you, I don't remember if I did or you, not. You kind of brought it up. Like I I said I would love to know how many back channel conversations they had that never get made public and how many times they were told no. That is what I said. And I I have stuck I have had that thought sticking in the back of my mind for a while now because and, oh, it's because you, you don't like Kenny. You don't think Kenny's any good. I just These are people around the league for whom the quarterback that they would be taking over an offense and trying to get the most out of is like a big consideration. Do you really think when they put in that slip to interview Zach Robinson that there's not a very good chance that the conversation didn't go, you know what, guys, I'm flattered, but A, I think Raheem might get a job and probably wants me to come work for him, and that's a promotion, and B, I just don't love your quarterback situation. I don't. We're, let's not make this public. All that people know is that you requested to interview me. That makes you look good with some of your fans, maybe, that you're casting a wide net, but thanks, but no thanks. I think they probably got three or four bare minimum thanks, but no thanks replies. Kabali said on the air last Friday that there wasn't going to be a Byron Lefwich interview because of how Lefwich felt about their, quote, quarterback situation. So is it that far-fetched? I mean, the only th- weird thing is for Arthur Smith – To go back to the Tampa thing, obviously Mike Tomlin's presence here is clearly a huge factor for him. But you're going to tell me Arthur Smith, who just got done trying to get water out of the rock with Heineke and Ritter, Arthur Smith, smart guy, has coordinated good offenses before, looks at Kenny and sees anything truly different? What did he do, get swayed by that preseason game where Kenny went out there and just fried them and looked perfect? No, but he – so – he can look at it one of two ways. He lost his job in Atlanta because he had bad quarterback play. He got the job in Atlanta because he took what many people thought was a so-so quarterback that he won with him, made him better, and then got a head coaching gig. That was his path to become a head coach. Arthur Smith could look at it like, man, if I do something with Kenny, I'll have Mike Tomlin's seal of approval. I'll become a hot commodity as a head coach again. If that happens, I would make a prediction right now that, I mean, I would be shocked and pleasantly so if it got that good here. You know who their next offensive coordinator would be? Eddie Faulkner. He would have learned a little bit more. How about Mike Sullivan? No. Who's on his way back. Faulkner would start calling preseason games. He'd call the signals. Faulkner would be their offensive coordinator, but Mike would call the plays. Who knows? Would Munchak come back? Not for those guys. Dan Quinn hired as the last head coach, so no job for Bill Belichick in the NFL this year. How do you like that? I think it's going to be very telling how desperate he is. You've already seen these rumors, people trying to float this idea that he and Saban do a chalk talk coaches show uh, on like the prime streaming video thing. Yeah, Donnie. The floating. history of football. Right. And every- you said that immediately. Right. I said that whenever Saban retired, yeah, before the Belichick news was even out. So those guys, everybody sort of understands innately. Saban has a ton of charisma when he wants to, like, turn on the charm. He can be very engaging, obviously. And I think there's, like, a decent amount of knowledge that Belichick, despite being a dour, miserable human being and formal pressers, you get Bill Belichick around Annapolis, Maryland, he, tur- he like, lights up and turns into a kid. I do think if they put those two together – 
you know very quickly how badly Belichick thought he needed to make a good impression to get back into the league. Because if he was like this this incredibly engaging, you know, just was dumping all the knowledge he has in a very entertaining fashion, I think that would be a sign that he's desperate to get back and realizes he needs to do image rehab. The real way Bill Belichick could get a head coaching job next year, by the way, is to just say, I will let the GM pick the players. And then he would get hired. If he just went to a team and said, I will swallow my ego, pay me a lot of money, but the, the GM can pick the players, somebody will hire him. Nobody thinks he can play nice, and no one wants to hire him to take his job. Well, Any, any team any president owner, that meets with, or owner who's involved, anybody on that level who meets with Bill is going to be like, man, I'm going to have to give all of this over to him, and is it even worth it? How long is he going to be here? And then... Dude, look at some of the... Cole Strange is a good player. Tyquan Thank Thornton, you. Well, Marcus so Jones. So I'm you're doing what I wanted you to do. Look at their first-round picks mm-hmm. and how many of these guys have turned into good players. So you just did, what was Cole Strange, 2022? Yeah. Go year by year, like the last 10 years. Christian Gonzalez, I think, will be, he was playing well, so Got that hurt. was a good one. Yeah. Got hurt. Strange is a, is a good enough player. I mean, that one, thankfully for him, that he was a huge reach. He got made fun of big time for that pick, He's too. lucky, but that guy looks like he's going to be pretty good. The year before, Mac Jones sucks. Uh, Kyle Duggar was a second-round pick. They had a pair of them, so I'll go Kyle Duggar because he was the first pick they made. I, I don't know, Kyle. A guy. Du- he, he's a guy. He's he's pretty decent. He's not like a superstar in the making. Twenty nineteen, Donnie. Without looking, I know Pony knows this because he's a freak. Can you even name their first-round pick in twenty nineteen? Pick thirty-two. Wasn't it Nikhil Harry? Good, very good. Can you tell me that how many blows. catches? How many catches? In Nikhil Harry's entire career. So you're counting with the other teams that he's been with. Just how many catches in professional football does Nikhil Harry if have? He's got, if he's got more than 100, you can come over here and rip my balls off I don't off think my he body. has close to 100. I, Pony, I wouldn't want to do that. He's got 64. Isaiah Wynn the year before that. And Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle is a classic case of a guy who was the leading rusher for a couple of Super Bowl teams, but no one would call him a good NFL. Like he, he's a guy. Yeah, nope. he got in and got out, won a couple of titles. Previous and- rear, uh, pre- rear, previous rear, previous year, they didn't have a first or a second. They took Derek Rivers from Youngstown State. State, a Penguin. They didn't have a first the year before that. Cyrus Jones, Malcolm Brown in 2015. Who are these guys? Man? Dominique Easley Another in 2014. Bust. They didn't have a first. Jamie Collins is a pretty good player as a second rounder in 2013. Mm-hmm. Chandler Jones, very good player. Yeah. Dante Hightower. So and he had a bunch of guys starting in like 2014 where he just so they he lost the plot, man. They haven't drafted a pro bowler in the first round since Chandler Jones. Yep. Something else that was actually noted to me, it was uh, Amanda Siley who was telling me earlier, this cycle of coaches, we hear all about every team wants to hire a young offensive mind. Four of the six were defensive coaches. Yeah, that was the uh, that's the other most interesting part of this to me. Defensive, Very weird. Defensive coaches have not gone out of vogue yet, or maybe they're back in vogue, and that's where I think it just further reinforces the point. He wants personnel control, and that's the that's the poison pill for him. Brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Bob Pompiani's been on the air in Pittsburgh for more than 40 years. KDK TV sports director. You hear him every Monday on Cook and Joe, unless he has something better to do or he's on vacation. You watch him every night on KDK TV and the nightly sports call 1035 simulcast right here on 93.7 The Fan. And I've been told he's meeting with Art Rooney. Was that today, Bob? Uh, it's actually going to be on Tuesday. Oh. 
So there were some uh, scheduling issues that we had to deal with, so that's what we're going to do. What's your number one question now? After all the dust is settled here from the uh, offensive coordinator. Yeah, you know, why Arthur Smith? And what do you like about Arthur Smith? What made him the choice? Um, and I would have, you know, I'm curious about why maybe there weren't more interviews being done uh, with other people. Well, now the but article in Sports kind of Illustrated says in. they think he was going to leave for Tampa Bay. They didn't want him to get on a plane for Tampa to interview with them is what yeah, I've heard reports that. are saying. But I, but I also, I would have, you know, I think once you, once you say you want someone with play-calling experience in the NFL, that reduces the field quite a bit. And I would have, you know, for me, I would have just looked at a lot of different people because uh, there are some very talented young people out there who may not have had the experience of calling plays, but give them a chance. You never know what you're well, going to you get. I think it's all you about knew Kubiak. You came right on the air with us and said Kubiak ain't happening. You had a feeling yeah, about that. I, I, yeah, that was my wish list, but then I knew it wasn't going to happen. So, <laughs> but, And I, told, I said it on the air that day. You knew it wasn't going to happen, but you couldn't come out and say it because you didn't want to burn a source. So you had to find your Bob Pompiani way of of selling it, right? <laughs> However you want to classify that. <laughs> Bob, do you think it's it's fair to say, like, another question would be just, did they not really step far enough outside their comfort zone with this hire? That's what I keep coming back to as, like, my main focal point is, you know, they they hired a guy who's known for running the football more than he is anything else. And I don't even think – you can say he has a great track record at resurrecting quarterback careers because other than Ryan Tannehill, he's had Heineke and he's had Ritter. He's one for three, basically, in that department. Yeah, but there's something to, you know, I mean, their belief is their belief, and the foundation for them is always going to be a strong running game. But you have to have different facets of it moving forward, and I think their hope is that Arthur Smith can unlock some of the things that maybe have held back Kenny Pickett. Um, play action does work. We saw it at the end of last year. It works with a lot of teams, but you have to be willing to show that you can do it, and that's that's a strength. And quite frankly, that is their strength right now. They have two very good running backs, I think, who work well together. They need to do some things on their offensive line, but I think that's that's their foundation. Now, having said that, they have to find ways to utilize people like Fryermuth, like Pickens, like Deontay Johnson more. It doesn't have to be you know large numbers of targets, but it has to be meaningful opportunities that can result in big plays. We saw that with Mason Rudolph, I think, uh, guys. You know, it, it wasn't like they were going after George Pickens 15 times a game. But when they pick their spots, they pick their spots, and the run game can help those spots become one-on-one matchups, which they hope to exploit. Bob, I will give you a quarterback's name, and you give me thumbs up or thumbs down on if you want him on the Steelers roster next year. Okay. Mason Rudolph. Yes. That's not a thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay. Thumbs up. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I violate the rules. Just ask uh, Cook and Joe all the time. Justin Fields. Okay. Now, the answers to these could be, I mean, you're just asking me if, if one of, whatever the name is, if it would work here, my answer would be thumbs up for him. Okay. Kurt Cousins. Thumbs up. Russell Wilson. Thumbs down. Ooh. Bo Nix. Thumbs up. Michael Pinnix Jr. Uh, thumbs down. Spencer Rattler. Thumbs up. Ryan Tannehill. Thumbs down. Way down. Patrick way down. Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who was that one, Pony? No. No, I was just Chris messing said, with you. Chris said Mahomes just to mess with you. Oh. Uh, 
I have a, I have another kind of uh, question, unless I'm encroaching on Pony's quarterback game and there's no, still a few it. left. that's That's all I wanted. Uh, Bob, what do you make of the fact that it sounds like there are going to be no coaching staff changes here and this story from Jerry Dulac that the Steelers re-upped Pat Meyer early in this process before they the ink was uh, signed, sealed, delivered on the, the contract for Arthur Smith and maybe could have had Mike Munchak had they not rushed to sign Meyer back? I just... Your take on all these uh, coaching staff moves or lack thereof underneath the offensive coordinator? Yeah, it's really not surprising to me. I, I knew, and I told Cook and Joe a month or yeah, when was I Wednesday this week um, that I, I knew they really liked Pat Meyer. I didn't know they were involved in extending, um, but I knew they liked him a lot and they wanted to keep things moving in that direction. So that doesn't surprise me. I don't know if there's any guarantee that Mike Munchak would have done this. Uh, I've heard speculation. And certainly Mike Munchak uh, has better credentials. He's been around. He's a Hall of Famer. And, I, and what he did here when he was here, especially at the beginning of his tenure, was terrific. But they like Pat Meyer. And there's evidence to suggest that he's done a very good job with those guys. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, the only other thing would be, you know, Mike Sullivan is being potentially looked at by Antonio Pierce. I guess they have a relationship. But, you know, the job of a quarterback coach is to get the most out of quarterbacks. Now, he did a pretty good job play calling, but, I really thought that based on what we saw that you can argue that maybe that wasn't the you know the right man for the job even though I respect him uh I thought there may be a change there still could be if he leaves on his own but um I would like to see them add to it if you don't have to change you can use a passing coordinator you can use people who can help out in different uh, facets I mean Chris you you watch a lot of NBA games Pony I know you do too there are more coaches than players on the bench um there's no you know there's no reason not to bring in more if you find people who you think have the right vision for, for helping this offense try to uh, well, unlock itself and get to a different level. I mean, forget about the NBA. Just look at the rest of the NFL. That's another thing that disappointed me is that Art was asked directly uh, in his broader media conversation, Bob, about like hiring extra coaching staff uh, personnel. And I think his answer, if I'm paraphrasing it accurately here, was something like, well, yeah, we've got to look at the rest of the NFL and the way they do things and, and maybe consider kind of mimicking that. And then they're not going to do any of that. It just it leaves me scratching my head. And that's putting it kindly about what their real battle plan is here and how much they really felt like they needed to look inward and decide whether or not certain things they do are working or not. Well, I, I'm not going to say that it won't happen because it hasn't happened yet. That doesn't mean it won't happen. I do think they, they are interested. Well, that's another in, thing to ask Art. In, you got to say, where's the passing game coordinator, Are We going to get one well, of those? Yeah, I mean, he brought in uh, Thomas Brown, they did, to, to interview, and that's what he does. And, he, he, you know, Chicago signed him in that regard. So I would think that, um, you know, he's one of these guys that, uh, not him specific, but people like that, are available still that you can bring in and, and just and, and the know, advantage and I, of and it, I'm Bob, sure I'm sure that Arthur Smith would have people in mind at, in that department as well. Well, the advantage of doing that to me also is this: say Arthur Smith does have success, people like me would be eating our words. But if you have a pass game coordinator, you already have a ready-made like offensive coordinator in waiting. If Arthur Smith actually does well enough to get another head coaching job that he apparently wants, then you actually have something of a tree started there. You have somebody yeah, that's a logical in-house candidate to take the job who might actually have some juice and isn't the Matt Canada or the Randy Feekner of in-house candidates. Bob, it's been 15 no, I, it's been 15 years totally since the Steelers won their last Super Bowl. How would you describe in a word or two the last 15 years since? Uh probably disappointing just because of That is the exact you know, the word I picked. A, Thank you, Bob. That? that is the exact word I went with. 
disappointing. Well, I mean, you know, they've, they've been involved every year until the end of the season. There's a lot to be said for that, but then it's about taking it to a next level. And I guess the disappointing part for me occurs when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback for largely many of those years. And you had opportunities, but but then again, it was it was Ben Roethlisberger who you know had some uh, contributions to that too, with with interceptions and uh, you know that provided them big holes early in games, and that's been the the way it's gone with these postseason games. They just dig holes and they can't get out from them. So disappointing, but you know they're they're going to do it methodically the way they want to do it. They have, and I never thought they were going to blow things up, you know, because they do have. Some talented people here. They just have to extract the most out of them, and that's what Arthur Smith is is bound to do here. That's Don- what he is expected to do. Donnie described those 15 years as long. Would you like to comment on that? He just said it was 15 <laughs> long years, Bob. Can you explain to him Tell that the Donnie, days are long, but the years are short the older you get? Tell Donnie to get a little older. His perspective will change on that. This has gone by way too quickly. There was this 15 years ago today, this uh, Super Bowl down in Arizona, or down in Tampa for uh, the Were Arizona game. Oh, yeah. We were in the end zone at the end of it, waiting for what was happening. It was pretty amazing. Did you go to the Super Bowl party afterwards? Yes. Was Snoop Dogg there? Yes. Did you dance? I can't can't remember if it was that or 05. There was one in 05 as well. I can't remember that Did you cut a rug at this party? Not that one, but the first one I did. Hmm. Are you going to be celebrity uh, you know, I, bartending I'm, tonight at Mike's? You don't have to show me a you don't have to show me a rug to cut. I'll find one. Yes, you, know? you will. <laughs> well, I saw I saw Lisa's going to be at Mike's tonight as a celebrity bartender. Will you be accompanying her? Uh, not early in this. I have uh, I'm I'm seeing the Lending Hearts dinner. We're honoring David Bednar tonight. Oh, nice. Um, who really has done a lot of good work with uh, families of especially kids who have cancer, and he's stepped up and helped them out quite a bit, so they're honoring him with their Lending Hearts uh, Award for this year. So the whole Bednar family will be there. Neil Walker's won this before. He'll be there. So I'm going to do that first, and whatever's left of time, I'll get over there. So maybe you guys could come over and have a you know a quick shot. Mm. Well, if I'm going on with Richie on the nightly sports call, I might need one. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> you can do that. I've done it before, so go ahead. It doesn't hurt. One doesn't hurt. See you it may Bob. make the performance even better. I think so, too. See you, Bob. <laughs> See you, guys. Told you we'd be right back. Let's get into PM Team Power Rankings. Brought to you by Maybe You. Oh, I thought Maybe You was a company. Maybe you're out there. You're a mom-and-pop pizza parlor. You're a big, giant corporation. And you think, you know what always does numbers? When things get ranked. Maybe you're an electric company who hears power in the name and thinks that's the perfect entree into an endorsement. Bingo. You could have your name all over this sucker. Why isn't there a solar energy company wanting to sponsor it? Can you do solar, solar energy in Western PA? We don't get a lot of sunny days. Yeah, you can. Apparently, we're a better climate for it than uh, the desert where it gets too hot in the summer to do it. My sister, they have solar in California. Yeah. They produce so much electricity. They sell it back. The power company pays them. Yeah. Oh, that's Must the dream. Nice. That is the dream, Chalooch. Donnie. God, that, that, that's how it goes with big solar. Donnie today is ranking. <laughs> don't don't disparage them now. We want their sponsorship, no, that's what I'm saying. Big, big, big solar, solar it, yeah. it pays you back. That's right. Donnie's trying to entice them. Now, don't say too many things about them. We want them to pay for an endorsement, Donnie. Yeah, we don't want them to get it for free. Fifteen years ago, the Steelers won their sixth Super Bowl t- title. Donnie was watching the game at his neighbor's house. He was in seventh grade. Yep. 
was just getting into chicks at that time. Puberty had hit. <laughs> Things were starting to look and feel different for him. And he watched the Steelers win it all. And now what he's hearkening weird, back. What a weird setup. <laughs> now he's hearkening back. a very back weird setup there. To the top five moments from Super Bowl 43. Five to one. Go. Well, I was going to wait for that to go last. You wanted me to rank He wants you to rank Mike coaches, Tomlin. yeah. You said oh, no, rank- screw it. No, rank Tomlin. I want you to do it. We got time well, here, Well, I did Donnie. the work for it. Oh, okay. Where rank you- Mike Tomlin. Look, look at this. Because now we have all 32 NFL head coaches. My yeah. bad. So where did you rank Mike among the NFL head now coaches? Now he seems like upset. He's the one that directed he really, this. He really is behaving like Mulsey today, forgetting his own directives before the show. That's a Mulsey classic. Uh, I ranked Mike Tomlin number 12. The guys ahead of him... Uh, John Harbaugh. I didn't put Jim ahead of him yet. I okay. This is a controversial. But I, I take. think he could. I think he could make the argument right away. Very controversial take. I'd have Jim Harbaugh ahead of not only Mike Tomlin. I'd have him ahead of John Harbaugh too. Oh man! I know he lost the Super Bowl to him. Yes, I would have Jim Harbaugh ahead of John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin. I think he's. In fact, here's another bold take. He's going to win a Super Bowl with the Chargers. I agree with Malsey. I don't know about the Super Bowl part, but I actually would put Jim ahead of John. This might also be because I just got done reading an article during a break of my that my buddy wrote, basically saying Jim Harbaugh is a coaching savant who has succeeded literally everywhere he's gone at both college and pro also levels. Also, very quirky guy, though, and drinks milk with dinner, which gives me the heebie-jeebies. Uh, I, I didn't put any of the uh, brand-new coaches Wait ahead a minute, time out. Did you put Zach Taylor ahead of Mike? I did. Okay. I put all three coaches in the AFC North ahead of him. Okay. Stefanski as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, McCarthy. Mm. Campbell. Uh, I put LaFleur ahead of him for how he finished the season. Okay. Jordan uh, Love's going to get a lot of money, and Matt LaFleur can take credit. Yeah. I mean, I, I I thought early in the season, okay, this guy's being exposed a little bit. He doesn't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. That changed pretty quickly. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's still. Uh, I didn't put Steichen, but he was very close. Uh, Andy Reid, yes. Sean McVay. Kyle Shanahan, and then one more. This was somebody I, I didn't think got nearly enough credit all season long, maybe because of the division he played in. Todd Bowles. I think Todd Bowles did a really good job in Tampa. That team was expected to be like a five-win team. They, Remember whenever the Steelers beat them in the preseason? And I know it was the preseason, whatever. Oh, this team sucks. Yeah, it was, well, this team's going to win about four or five games, so don't get too excited. The thing he has going for him is they started to play much better down the stretch. They turned it around late. And they hired the right offensive coordinator who then got the Carolina head coaching job. Okay, so Tomlin 12th. Now give me the top five plays, according to Donnie Football, from Super Bowl 43. Okay, so we start with number five. This this is a play, maybe it just sticks with me. Maybe it doesn't really stick with other people. I mean, it's all positive Steeler plays, obviously. I didn't put, like... The, the play where Fitzgerald put them ahead with about two minutes to go. Interesting. I mean, I don't think you can have the story of the game told without that play. Well, wait. This I, is Donnie's I, list. I, it's I thought, your list. I, I thought it's this was list. all I thought this was all Steelers moments. Top here. five plays. If Just you, go with what you got, and we, that's what creates great debate afterwards. Five. Well, well see, now, now we're all thrown off. No, we're not. We we will offer our, our producer's you made, notes. You made your list. And now you well, you don't have to check it twice. I, we just want you to fire it out there. Yeah. Number five. Uh, number five. This play took place in the first quarter, but I thought it was a basically a microcosm of, of what we saw from Big Ben the entire season. Third and ten. 
Ben runs around the pocket. He runs all over the place. And there's big number 83. Just happens to be 11 or 12 yards down the field. 11-yard completion to Heath Miller. They later score in the drive. First touchdown of Super Bowl 43 came from? Gary Russell. That's number five. Uh, I miss those days with Ben. I know Chris maybe took it for granted a little bit because he weren't a huge Roethlisberger guy. It could be third and 15, and it just felt like the guy was going to pull a rabbit out of his hat, and he would do that stuff all the time. I don't think I took it for granted. I think what frustrated me was it never happened in the games I wanted to see it happen, i.e. like against the other quarterbacks. That means that in the Super Bowl, I could believe it because it wasn't against Tom Brady or something like that. But he would do that crap all the time. And I, well, I, and especially that season. That's why like that that play, even though it was so early in the game and looked relatively meaningless, if they don't get the play there, they punt the football away and they, who knows, they lose the game. Mahomes is, does that the best now. You think you've got him dead, it's third and forever, and he makes some kind of just an acrobatic, dude, heroic you know, play. Really quick aside on him, they run that. I don't know if this was the design of the play. If it was, it was an awfully hard first read for him. That fourth and two they go for in the AFC title game, he just rolls right and throws an absolute dart right to Travis Kelsey. Like, degree of difficulty about 9.5 out of 10, and he makes it look routine. I like that uh, under-the-radar play it's for a good five. one, Donnie. Next. Well, yeah, I mean, I put it on there because I thought these were all Steeler plays. I mean, my list would be different if it was otherwise. If, I'm wondering if one of my – it's not even an under-the-radar play. It's just the one I cite the most from that game is going to come up here. Uh, number four, uh, the play before the play that will likely be at the top, around the top of this list, uh, the 40-yard pass between Ben that's, and Holmes. That's the one for me. I mean, that, that, that was the play where I think a lot of people – I don't know. At, I at went from me, I think you got the feeling of I think they're actually going to well, do this. Well, you, what that play did was it guaranteed a tie. It sent that game was going to overtime one way or the other. That's a good point because they're down three, so they're in chip shot range for Jeff, who had dyed his hair and his goatee blonde. <laughs> that, they were going to the they were going to kick a twenty-five yard field goal. Worst case scenario, yeah, it got him within the ten-yard line. But yes. like that, that was the play where I think every Steeler fan was. Going from, man, I can't believe they just blew a two-score lead in this Two. game. Like, it's going to be embarrassing to, like, all right, they're actually going to pull this off. Now, who's the Cardinals defender who fell down and made it possible? He was in position to make a tackle, keep it at, like, a nine-yard gain, and he fell. Man, I, I'll i never forget this guy. I know, and, and Al Michaels yells his name because yep. he, he was – Michaels he still ends up very making, much had his fastball. He ends up making the tackle, like, chasing the play down because Holmes had to weave, but I'll never forget this guy. He never gets mentioned as kind of a goat in a bad way in the Super Bowl because he slipped and fell. Aaron Francisco. Yep. Yeah. Francisco falls down. That's what – yeah, that was Michael's call. Okay, so I think I know what three, two, and one are, but it's the order of two and one that's obviously going to be the most interesting. So I, I think I know what three is. Three, I went with the Woodley sack fumble and the yep. Kiesel recovery because that was that was the moment there that iced it. We all talk about that. Was there any real doubt that they were going to win the game at that point? Did anyone think like a rabbit was getting pulled out of a kind hat of, there? Because they got into Steelers territory real fast, and I thought they might have a hail mary or some Fitzgerald. Yeah, like go the way, up over a yeah, bunch the, of guys the way, play the way up their they sleeve. Had played, yes, I did. The way they played in that fourth quarter, I'm sure plenty of people had in the back of their minds like, "Here comes Fitz. all right, we're not out of it yet." I think Woodley would have been a totally viable MVP candidate for the game. He has two sacks. His playoff run that he, season was absurd. He draws a penalty. A he had hold. two sacks in every playoff game. Yeah. Strip fumble, the one that Donnie's talking about. He draws a penalty that knocks Arizona out of field goal range and forces him to punt near the end of the game. 
And if you go back and watch the Harrison play, which I know everybody has a million times, look at the block he makes around like the 40-yard line. He like springs that play and gets it home. We're going to talk about that play in a second What a legend. My favorite part of the Harrison play is Deshae Townsend tries to take the ball from James like, I'm faster than you, give me the ball. And James shoves him out ahead of him, go block for me. All right, so what's two and what's one? I put the Harrison play at two. Now, I, I put it at two saying it's the it's the greatest defensive play in Super Bowl history. Like, I don't care what people say about Malcolm Butler. I mean, I guess that's the that could be the Patriots' one of million versions of the Santonio San Holmes play. The, the Harrison play, I mean, it, it's an outside linebacker. It's a guy who, let's face it, not built to run 100 yards at one time. The guy's shorter than me, and he was, what, 260? Just an ab- absolute brick, you know, what house? Like, right, before, house? Right, <laughs> right before the half, completely turns the tide. Arizona had a chance to, what? Tomlin asks him after the play on the NFL Films thing, are you okay, dude? He goes, I'm tired, boss. <laughs> like He's, he's got dead. the oxygen mask in the end zone. Larry Fitzgerald illegally yes. trying to run him down. Yep. I saw truth. I don't know why this happens to the Steelers. I saw truthers out there saying he had been tackled short of the goal line, that a knee touched. That's like, like your Sid Bream was out. Take. My Sid Bream was out take is not only way more plausible, <laughs> it's supported by over 50% well, of our Twitter respondents. there's also people that think that Holmes didn't get two feet down. There's those Cardinals weirdos, too. The one thing about that, though, is NBC did do a good enough job. They did show an angle where it was clear the back foot got down. He did hold his foot up off the ground, though, after that very weirdly. So the best defensive play in Super Bowl history is trumped by the best, B- possibly the best throw and catch. In Super Bowl history. By the way, you know that uh, Harrison was supposed to blitz on that play, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he drops back. Drops back inexplicably right into the path of the throw. And speaking of fastballs, again, Madden was so good on that play. Oh, look Madden was just play loving down it. Here. Even right before the Larry Fitzgerald touchdown, look at how deep those safeties are. There's all that room in the middle of the field. Bam, it happens. I miss that guy. He was loving it. His last broadcast You ever, want to talk about going game. out on top as a broadcaster? You, you actually just made a very good i think salient point about the circumstance of that holmes catch you've already got a field goal it's a throw that's pretty much into triple coverage oh it's a risky throw if that that gets picked somehow or if he doesn't make as good of a throw and francisco who was back there again picks it we are ripping ben to shreds for attempting it arians is the type of coach that would support that play because he's a no risk it no no biscuit guy I'm sure that there are offensive coordinators that would be like, great throw, great result, bad process. Here, I'll, I'll take it a step further. Yeah, like a never do that again. Yep. No, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin back then was the kind of head coach who fully supported that level of aggressiveness. I think Tomlin today would have been, like – would have been thinking to himself like ah eh. just throw it out of bounds like he told Mitch basically like Mitch eh. saying things like I don't know Chris he took a 19 yard field goal in the game that was before that 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 was before though not defending it but that yeah, was that before was like still, anybody did it was still the norm yeah basically. that was that was when little Mulsey at 20 what 23 years old wouldn't have been saying the analytics support going for this yeah, everybody was just like all right take, take the, the points. points take the points Mike.